This is a download from Newstalk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. Off the ball, getting inside the game on Newstalk 106 to 108. All right, you're very welcome back to uh, Thursday night's Off the Ball. Uh, 53106 is the text number. If you've got questions for John Jaws, now would be a good time to get them in because he's in studio with us. John, a very good evening to you. Thanks, Joe. Um, I want to talk to you about the the game this week. Um, one of the things in particular that everybody's been talking about since it, apart from the, the disappointment, was the post-match conversation that you guys had right. afterwards. Um, Liam made the point that we're not as technically good as Austria. Uh, that our players aren't as technically good as Austria. Yeah. Um, uh, well, uh, yeah, that, that, that was Liam's opinion, uh, Ger- I don't, I, I don't, I wouldn't agree with him on that. Um, I think uh, against Sweden and uh, Austria, I think there were long periods in both games where I thought the, uh, the game was there for the winning and we were good enough to win it. Um, I think in Sweden, I don't think we had the, the commitment to, to go and win it when we were uh, on top, as it were. Because I think what happens when you go to Sweden, uh, see a lot of mind games in football. Yeah, when you go, when we go to Sweden, and it happens in many matches, the general consensus is, if we get a draw in Sweden, it's a good result. And I found from my experience of playing football that if you go into a game with that attitude, the most you'll get is a draw. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what happened with us. In other words, we played well, played well, well, got to a certain point, and uh, right, we're going to settle for the draw. I thought it was there for the taking. I think the other night against Austria, I think after losing the goal early on, I thought we played well and we're definitely on top going into halftime. We were 2-1 in front and definitely on top. Uh, in the second half, we, I think we played reasonably well for about 15 minutes and then because, of the and I think this has happened with the Irish team under Trapattoni, when the, 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 the winning line comes into view, then we get negative and start backing up. Now, I read in the papers, I heard people saying that, oh, once you're in front, it's natural to do that. It's not natural to do that. It's only natural to do it if the co- the coach encourages you, encourage you to do it. I mean, there are lots of people in, like Alex Ferguson, you don't see Alex Ferguson backing up when they're 2-1 two in, two in front or a goal in front or, or some of the, the other great managers because what they insist o- over over a period of time, when, say, when Trapattoni comes, that's, his, that's the philosophy that you insist on from the start. We got a goal up and it's there for the taking, then we go and take it. And I don't think that's been the case and I don't think it is the case in the Irish team. I was going to ask, is, is, is there, are there players on the field who can counteract that? If you have enough leaders in the team who are saying, come on. Yeah, it, they'd want to be really world-class players with, with really strong characters and personality to do it. Yeah, there's no doubt about that because the leadership comes from the manager. And the manager insists on certain things. Uh, I mean, I, I had experience of it because when I played for Manchester United, Matt Busby was a uh, type of manager, total freedom to go and play. And, for example, if we were winning 1-0 and we didn't hold the ball, they say, in the corner, do th- certain things the players were saying we should have done the other night, and we lost the goal, he wouldn't get on to us for it. He'd say, no, that was the right thing to do. And in a, over a long period of time, you win more matches doing that than trying to tie it up, you know? At Leeds, we were a bit cautious in relation to the Matt Busby way. So I saw the, both sides of it. And there were strong characters in, in, in the Leeds team. Uh, and I would have been one of, one of the characters. But it's very, very hard to go against the manager. You know? Yeah. Because what happens is, uh, if the manager doesn't really encourage you to, 
to set the fullback on the overlap. If he doesn't really encourage that, the fullback gets into a position where if it's on, do I go? Do I not go? And the split second hesitation prevents it. Stops it. Right. Instead of the manager, no, go. Right. And uh, it, what the managers say is, right, if you go and you lose the ball, don't worry, that's my responsibility. So it frees the players mentally and physically to do it. Now, I think uh, with the Irish team, uh, and it wouldn't be the first one that I've come across, it's the opposite to that. Don't go. Like, we're, 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 we're protecting the goal. Because I saw Trapattoni obviously said, well, uh, we, we could have wasted time. I saw John O'Shea talking about, we sh- we've got to be, uh, um, uh, give free kicks away in that way. It should never get, it should never get to that stage. Yeah. It doesn't need to get to that stage. It doesn't need to get to that stage. Best, thing, best way to actually to keep uh, uh, the, 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 the pressure off the defence is to hold the ball yourself. And the signs in the game when it's going against you that you get players to do it. Now, if you, you see, if you, Trapattoni would show his mentality there. Yeah. Like he took Salmon off, uh, li, sorry, he took Long off, which was a mistake. Then the substitution was Green, which was another defender, which was to stop it. But if you stop it at source and you get like a lot of people, Eamon said it, I said it, uh, I think Liam said it, get Hulahan on. Uh, now, Hulahan's not the greatest player in the world, but he's a player that can get on the ball and hold the ball, right? And then you, it takes pressure off the, off the defence that way. Yeah. Right, rather Suddenly than going to another defender. Well, you put another defender, you're encouraging them more to attack you. But be, the, the thinking being that we've got an extra defender on, that'll stop them scoring. And I, 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 I would much prefer, in the long run, you get better results, I believe, from my experience in the game, Jer, by doing it the opposite way, by being positive. What's wrong with scoring the other goal? See, the, way you, the best way to finish off a game is to, we're 2-1 up, score another goal. But if you're not scoring the goal, at least you're attacking them. How is it that, um, did Don Reavy have the same kind of sense when you're 2-1 up, protect the league? Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Now, Don was a great manager. Don yeah, was a great manager. But I loved him. And uh, he, 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 he built the lead side from nothing, really. And it was great. And it, the, the attention to detail that he had got us to where we were. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, but, he, but he always kept that mentality about the, about the game. Yeah. I mean, I had discussions with him and I, and I wasn't close with Don. I wasn't, I always believed when I was a player, the manager dictates what happens. And my attitude was, when players become managers, then they put their own ideas into it. So I never, I never went against him. I mean, in team talks, we might say, well, I believe this, but Don didn't really believe, he didn't really believe in that. He's a great manager. Do you, is Trapattoni a great manager given everything that he's achieved? Is it fair to say that he's a great manager? Yeah, I, I, well, he, he, you can only go on the CV of the manager, what they've won. Yeah. Uh, and he, he's definitely won, won things. Now, the, the problem, I don't know, JC, maybe he didn't always have that mentality. Maybe, okay. I, see, I, I suspect. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, I think a lot of people suspect that when he took over the Irish team, I think his attitude was, I'm taking over a very, very limit, limited bunch of players here who can't really play. So I'm going to organise them in a way to cater for their inabilities rather than their abilities. Yeah. And I think that's still there today. And that might have been fair enough the the first six months of the job taken over from the wreckage of the Steve Staunton yeah. era. I don't I don't think it was ever right, yeah. I think what you what you, you have to do in management, and again I would learn from my own experience going to West Brom, don't have any preconceived ideas. Go and see what you have at your disposal. Go and see every player. You can't have enough knowledge about your players. So go and see every player that you possibly can and then you make up your mind about it. Now I don't think Trapattoni did that. I think very early on he made his mind up uh, Whelan and uh, uh, Andrews, Andrews yeah. were going to be the player. And that's the way we're going to play. So, see, it took him a long time to, to embrace Coleman, McLean, McCarthy, Houlihan. Yeah. 
because he didn't he didn't see them in his setup, and he didn't go on, he didn't go and see them an awful lot anyway. But that's what he made up his mind. Instead of think, I think you should uh, you know get to get to a new setup. See exactly what you got because he wouldn't have known the, the Irish players that that well. Go and see exactly who you have, and then decide what you're going to do. And we all get pre. When I went to West Brom, for example, from from Leeds, I played against the West Brom players for ten years. And there was a few, one or two players that I had. Tony Brown, for example, who was a terrific player at West Brom. Uh, I had a preconceived that Tony was finished, um, and he hadn't played all that well. And when I got there, like eventually, I left him out of the team. Then brought him in, and Tony Brown was one of the best players I ever had playing for. He was a terrific player. And I thought afterwards, what a fool I was to to to. And there were one or two players that I thought were better than they were. But it was only experience that I obviously when I'm playing with them and, and I'm in the club, I learned more about it. But I remember thinking that was my first job in management. I'd never, I'd never ever have preconceived ideas about a player again. And I think the Trapaton thing would be a similar. He, he wasn't familiar with the Irish players. Yeah, and kind of didn't. It took a very long time to get familiar with them. And even some of them, you still think that he probably hasn't seen enough of them in the flesh to understand exactly what their potential is. Well, I don't think he changed his mind, you see. Yeah, I think when he took the job, it was. They're a limited group of players. This is the only way we can play. This is the only way I can get results from from them. And uh, what at that time they either were out there or coming along. Coleman, Coleman was two years before he got into the team. Cl- Wilson has just got into the team. Uh, Hulan has just got into the squad. McCarthy has just got. And actually, McCarthy was left out last week, as we know. Um, who else was there? McLean. You know, McLean came on the scene for Sunderland. And uh, like if you, if you look at the lead up to cha- the European Championship, he didn't want to pick him. Yeah. In fact, when he did pick him, he said, he's not going to play in this particular tournament because he said, well, the players that got us there. Now, everybody knows in football, that's nonsense. Yeah. The players that get you there, football is a cruel game in that particular way. It's like Kenny Dalglish when he, when he, when he was at his best and uh, Bob Paisley, he didn't play in any of the, the matches leading up to the cup final, missed the semi-final, but he was fit for the final. Now, Paisley would say, well, Kenny, I can't play you. <laughs> Because I've got to stick with the lads I've got. It doesn't happen. It's, yeah. it's, it's, you just have to... Every manager... It's, the obligation for every manager is to pick the best team that he believes can win the next match. And then you, you, you have to tell the lads, I'm sorry, you played all the matches, but tough. None of this actually makes any sense. Like, when you when you, when you, you lay it out like that and we look back at the decisions that Trapattoni has made up to and including the leaving Salmon on the field and, and taking... Yeah. Lot, like, literally... Two and a half, three minutes before Long was taken off, he charged fifty yeah. yards and made a brilliant yeah. block down. And yeah. Well, there's some things you can you can try and make sense of in the game because people say, well, and it's true, it is a matter of opinion. That's what Trapaloni believes. But it gets to the stage, like you said with that particular incident the other night. Uh, I tell I tell you what I found amazing, really, Jay, that um, I I didn't think Salmon should have been in the team, but he's a target man. He didn't play as a target man. He played off Long. And that lad, he really, really tried his heart out. And I, I've never seen anybody work as hard on the, for, the, for the first 45 minutes. So coming into the second half, 10 minutes, he was, his legs were gone. And I don't blame him. You know, he was playing out of position for a start. His legs were gone. And, uh, it, 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 you know, Long comes off, who was playing well, yeah. uh, for Salmon. And then, like, the, then, then it's not Hulhan gone on. It's Green that's gone on. So, it, again, always say it, it's, it's opinion. But at, at the same time, you have to make sense of it and it didn't it just didn't make sense even know? when Green came on he came on on the right wing and it's not a natural position for him um, mm. he kept getting dragged into the middle and you could kind of see suddenly he's doing twice the work to cover the player that yeah. he's well it, I think when, when you, if you look at the substitution it shows the mentality of the manager uh, Jer, 
that you see we all have different mentalities about it I would have it my, my attitude would be if we're up against it now what the game has gone against us the thing now is to stop the flow to, to our goal so I would have put Houlihan on in that because I think he's capable of getting on the ball making a few passes to take the pressure and kept off. Shane Long on because suddenly like it, oh Shane Long was playing well yeah so Salmon, Salmon is, is, is still on and Green comes on so what, what he's saying is now I'll put an extra defender on or a def- type of defender like in Green to to defend Whereas I think the best way to defend is to have the ball. So it's, that's just a different approach to it. But I think once you, you surrender, and it's not the first time, once you surrender surrender the, the initiative like we did, then you're in the lap of the gods. It's impossible to get it back. It's impossible to get it back. And it, what's happened is, it's happened so many times, and I've experienced it myself, that it's sometimes almost inevitable that they'll score. Now, what Trapattoni said afterwards, we were very unlucky. We should have, we should have given a free kick away. I held a free kick. That's only, that's by the way, you know. I mean, they probably should have held on to the free kick a little bit longer. But that wasn't the big picture. And it wasn't the only chance they had either. There was a header at the back post. It was, they, 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 they totally outplayed us, Jeff, for the last half hour of the game, and you could see it. Uh, you know, like when you're watching it, you can obviously read it. Oh, God, we're up against it here. We got us, we got away with that. We got, we, we never held the ball at all. So. It's, it's it's sometimes it's inevitable that it's going to happen. If you if you invite them on, then it's Russian roulette after that. You're not dictating the game. You're not controlling the game. You, you have to have a bit of luck, a lot of luck to get away with it. You said you had experience of it yourself. It, it, was that with Ireland or with? with no, no, mostly with Leeds. Yeah, where mostly you, where Leeds. you give up the initiative yeah. and. Yeah, it was Don. Don. Don was like that. Don, as I said, Don was a great manager, but Don's attitude would be right. We score, we'll defend, and we could defend very well. Um, and see, I was brought up in the Manchester United way. I, n- I never actually agreed with it, but but there again, I wouldn't make a big, a big issue of it because I wasn't the, the, the manager of the team. I always believed to 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 go the positive way. If you get two goals, play the way that got the, got you the two. It's only common sense, yeah. Really, like we went up two one up at the, the other night. Well, it's common sense in any business to say if that's worked for you, and it's gone well. Don't change it. Just it, keep doing the same things. But it becomes an attitude of mind in the game. I've read a few things. I oh, want you to go to a front end. It's natural to to start defending. It's not natural to start defending. Is it an Irish thing at all? I no, bet. no, no. It's a universal. It's more it's more Italian than anything else. Uh, over the years, you go back to, with them over the years. Some of the great teams, and they were brilliant, absolutely brilliant at defending. Yeah, and they they won. They won most of the games that they did doing it doing it that way. So maybe Trapattoni has had this his life. But I'm just thinking could, of could be. But he would have had great players, you know. He, he he would have had great players when he was at Juventus. That would, you know, he had Boniac, Platini, uh, uh, Tardelli himself. You know, they, they they had some great players. So like you can get away with that a lot if you have the players. Yeah, they wouldn't necessarily be getting on the ball, but they'd be better at doing the things that he would want them to do. Yeah. Okay, John's staying with us. Five three one six. We're uh, going to put your text to him in uh, about ten minutes' time. We've loads more to talk about. We're going to get to it right after these. Off the ball on Newstalk 106 to 108. All right, it's Thursday Night Football with John Giles. You're very welcome back. We're going to put your questions to uh, John in a couple of minutes' time. So keep them rolling in. 53106 is the number. The, the strange thing about the group, John, is that it's not done for us just yet, that there is actually still a very clear path for us to finish second. Yeah. yeah. Austria aren't great. We could, we could put in no. a performance away from home against them. Sweden clearly aren't great. We could. Well, I think the two matches, Jared, showed. I think we were a better team than Sweden. And I think we were a better team than Austria. I think we were well capable of winning and should have, I think, should have won the two matches. And so that's all you can go on. when you Because we've got Sweden at home, we've got Austria away. But you're, you're capable of beating them. Now, the next thing is to go and beat them. 
you know, that's all on paper, what you can do. You get point here, point there. We hear all that. But I think the Irish team are capable of beating those two teams. And there's every chance as well that they'll drop points along the way because... Everybody is, you know, it's, it's that type of group at the moment. There's no clear... Germany, of course, uh, are running away with it. But for second place, there's, there's, there's nobody really outstanding for that yet. Yeah. Um, I suppose the reason that I brought up the um, difference of opinion between yourselves and Liam on the panel the other night was because it was clear there was a lot of tension that the, the team, the national team still is the most important thing in Irish football. And, yeah. and it always brings that level yeah. of tension. Is it enjoyable to be involved in those... Um, yeah, it was, well, funny enough, it, it never gets personal, Jar. You know, like there's probably more uh, hot stuff between Eamon and Liam than between me being involved in it for some reason or other. Uh, but it's, it never gets personal. I mean, we've, it's, been, it's a debate, Yeah. you know, and it's an honest debate. And I think that's what makes it good because that's people, what people want to hear. And they say, well, it's, it's great television. But we don't do it for it to be great television. It's just natural. It's like lads in pubs, you know, they, they fall out. Oh, we're talking about Manchester United and Liverpool because they, they, they feel passionate about what they're talking about and that's what football does. So all we're, all we, all, what's happening with our panel is you're getting it on the television and it's Liam saying they're generally defending uh, Trapattoni and probably Eminem and myself more in agreement criticising him. But, uh, you know, Liam believes that and, he, and as, you, as you see, he makes a great case. Having the insight, if he goes up in the murder trial, he's going to get Liam to defend him. <laughs> <laughs> having, I, I seen, I suppose, having seen Trapattoni up close, that's the, that's why Liam believes. It's like he kind of has an insight into Trapattoni's mind and understands a little bit about the workings of it. Yeah, he wouldn't even now, like he, he wouldn't, like even on television, he wouldn't always agree with him. And he said the other night, well, I would have put Hulahan on. He doesn't always agree with Trapattoni, but he would be close. We played for him. Don't forget you. With Juventus, you know, he played for him years ago, and then he he he, he was he was obviously working with him. Uh, for a while, so um, you know, he's, he's, I think it's only natural for Liam and Fields loyal to him to defend him. Uh, John, before we came on tonight, um, just in the ad break, I was uh, talking to you about um, players getting up for games. It was something that we were talking about in the build-up to to the match about the final half hour when you're making your home competitive debut like Connor Salmon was mm. even for David Ford I presume it was a massive game as well and for a lot of the team who kind of haven't had those big international games before a big crowd in a qualifier where you're expected to win it's a, a huge event for them and mm. the adrenaline would have been pumping but you, you brought up an interesting point about post-match and the adrenaline and when the adrenaline kind of the, the lull or, or the yeah it's, 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 it's a build up Jar. I found anyway playing I'm sure the other lads feel the same that you, obviously when you're, when, you're, when you're going into a match, particularly a big match, you're going into the unknown. Because the many matches you've played before doesn't really matter all that much when you're going into this one. So that's why footballers, when they're 32, they sometimes get more nervous than when they were 22 because they know what to expect. So I found anyway playing football, I think most of the other lads that I played with the same, that when I woke up on a match day, say a Saturday morning we're going to play in a match, whether it be a big match, you, they're, they're, you were in um, automatic pilot. You know, some of the lads, Eamon used to say that to me, you're in AP today. Because you were, you were, I'd be talking to you okay, but I, my mind wouldn't be... Thing. Now, that's all a build-up to the game. There's a fear involved in it. Because, see, it's not natural, Jared, to put your boots on at three o'clock and go out and play. There's a build-up to it. You have to build up. It's not natural to play in, to the standard that sometimes you can, you can play or expected to play to. There's a build-up to it. And the fear and, and all the things that go with that produce the adrenaline. The adrenaline helps you to cope with the situation. Now, what you've got to be careful about is that you don't get too much fear and you get nervous 
because if you're a footballer, you have to live with that. You know, you're playing Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. You're playing a lot of matches. And if, if you really got nervous, you'd be a nervous wreck. You wouldn't last a long time. So you have to be able to cope with the nerves. You know the nerves are there, but it's a build-up to the game. That, that's when three o'clock comes on a Saturday and you're playing. That's, you're really built up for it. But then, anytime you get an, an adrenaline rush, you pay the price. And I used to find that Saturday night I couldn't sleep. Sunday I'd be okay. Get to five o'clock on a Sunday and I'd get such a downer. Almost on the dot of Sunday when I played on a Saturday. A downer. Because that's the, that's the response you get from the adrenaline. But you have to control the nerves. You know, if you're a professional footballer or a tennis player, when it comes to the big occasion, you have to be able to control it. So you get the fear. You get all the things that go with that. But it helps you to perform to a level that you're expected to perform. You don't just put on the boots of three and say, well, I'm going to have to play today. Yeah. It'd be like Frank Sinatra in the old, I think anyway, when he was doing a concert. You know, you see all these great artists. You come out and say, oh, it's only natural to him. It's easy for him. But you'll find before he went on, he'd be really nervous and built up to do what he, what he had to do. At five o'clock on a Sunday when that happened, did you know eventually, did you kind of twig exactly what was I knew what on? it was after a short, fairly short. At first I was a bit mystified about it. You know, what, what, what's going wrong? You know, what's, why am I feeling? And then I knew, I knew what it was then because you couldn't, I couldn't, on Saturday night I could never sleep after that because you, you see the, the excitement of it, Jack. Regardless if, of the results? Or regardless of the result because you, it's a build up to three o'clock from the time you wake up in the morning uh, and then the match itself. Um, obviously, probably the better you play or the more, the, the more you won, uh, the more excited you would be. But even losing takes it out of you as well because you've, you've done your performance so win, lose or draw you've done that and the build up has been the same so like Sunday um, definitely uh, from from 5 o'clock on Did you find that when you ever talked about it afterwards to teammates or, or colleagues or players that they'd gone through something similar? I never I never actually talked to them about it Jer. I didn't want to because it, I felt a bit embarrassed that if they didn't feel the same if they didn't feel the same way, I think I was a bit of a head case, uh, you know, feeling down like, maybe they didn't, I don't know, because everybody approached it in a different way. But definitely on the build-up to the game, the players would be nervous. They all showed it in different ways. Some would get a bit loud, some would get uh, hyper, some would get quiet. Um, it, it affected people in different ways, but it was still a build-up. It, was, it definitely was a build-up to the game. Yeah. All right, it's um, it's really amazing stuff to hear about the impact that it can have, kind of afterwards. And I, I, did it feel physical at the start as well? Kind of like a, well, you'd be a bit stiff. Like I used to wake up Sunday morning. Now you'd wake up, you'd be a bit stiff and you'd be a bit sore because you got knocked on the day after, just after the match. You don't feel them that much. You'd, physically, was it was was no problem. You'd be a bit stiff and all that, but you get over that. But it was the mental thing that it was a, a definite definite downer. Yeah, definite downer. All right, five three one zero six is the text number. We've got to take a quick break. We're going to put your text to John right after this. Off the ball, getting inside the game on Newstalk 106 to 108. Okay, John Giles is with us here, and we've uh, got your text from him now. Uh, is it part of the Irish team psyche not to kick on when ahead? I can't remember an Irish team ever doing it over about 35 years. Says one texter. Um, well, I, no, I, I think the la- I think under the Trapattoni year, it's definitely a more negative approach when we get ahead. Um, you know, Jack Charlton didn't really do it like Jack's attitude from the start was put them under pressure is near to their own goal whether we're winning or whether we're losing I don't remember losing many late goals with Jack um, being involved and it certainly wasn't his, his attitude to to, to um, concede yeah. the, the, the initiative I wonder would it have been easier with the back pass rule as well to kind of stake a, a place on the field the way Jack played well, well it could have it could have been because you just pass back to the goalkeeper then you kick it up the middle uh, well, we used to do that with Jack anyway. But but the, the the good thing about Jack was that they didn't fall. Jack never fell back. 
the, the pressing game. Oh, definitely. Up as near to their goals as they possibly could. Yeah. So if we won it there, it would take the pressure off the... I don't remember us ever conceding uh, the initiative when we were in front with Jack, you know? Uh, speaking of Jack, John Mulcahy in Dublin has texted in and say, Hello, John. How did Jack Charlton cope with pre-match nerves? Well, Jack was always in a world of his own. You know, the, the, we, had, we had the same for Jack. He, he, Jack wasn't always right, but he was never wrong among the players. And he was older than most players. You know, I think I was the second eldest to Jack and I was for five or six years behind him. So there was always the lads and Jack. He was kind of like a father figure? No. No? Really, no. <laughs> Jack would be just looking after himself. Uh, uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way. But no. Dan, Jack would go through his own pre-match. Jack used to get quite nervous, actually. He used to get quite nervous in, in, uh, for the big games. But he, but he, but he'd have it under control. But he wouldn't be, uh, he wouldn't be the fellow now be going round to everybody, you know, and have settled down and all that. The Jack would be, he'd be looking after himself. You yeah. Know? But in, Jack was a top class player. But he, but he, but he was, he was, he was, you know, he was strange in many ways. There's no doubt. Um, your own pre-match ritual? Would you have been busy, kind of? No, it was quiet. It's quiet. There was a feel of Billy used to be hopping around all over the place. But Billy, Billy would would, and wouldn't be necessarily with nerves. Billy, Billy, he'd be a bit nervous, but he'd be hopping around. And Billy believed. Billy had a great attitude to the game, Jar. Uh, in terms of uh, temperament. Billy believed he was going to be the star of every game. That's what he believed before he went out on the pitch. Would he say that? Or no. it just communicated? No, I, mean, I, you'd, no you'd I, knew, I knew him well enough. And that was fair enough because he, he most, a lot of times he was. Uh, but he'd, be, he'd become a nuisance now in the dressing room. You know what I mean? If he was messing about too much, like, Billy, yeah. F off, you know, or Norman and Billy, give us a break, will you clear off? You know, because, but he got to over a period, he wouldn't overdo it because over a period, we all knew our own pre match routine and you'd let people get on with it. Some were quiet, some were a bit busier and that, you know. When you're quiet, are you chatting to anybody at all? Or no. no. No, no. Just don't, be, just be, just be. I, I needed to, I felt I needed to, to get into that frame of mind, yeah, to be right for the start, for the start of the game, you know, to be right really from the start of the game. Because I was a midfield player, and when you're a midfield player like Billy myself, we were expected to uh, to to try and control the game as much as possible. So there was there was more responsibility on the midfield. I felt anyway on, than anybody else because you were the ones like say in those days, it, if it, the ball was flying around, the likes of Norman would say, "Get a hold of it to Billy Mills. Get a hold of it. Slow it down." Yeah, like we were the only ones who could do that because we we're midfield players, and there was a lot of responsibility on you on you to do that everybody else had to either stop it or clear it or get on the end of it whereas yeah, you guys actually well, had to conduct well, it well midfield players are the only ones that can dictate the game you can't dictate it from full back or from the back position the midfield players are the ones that can do it Okay, um, should do it anyway we were talking earlier on about a theory that comes from um, the NBA it's called the Ewing theory where a team has a star player who's clearly the star player and, and does really well for years but never actually wins anything and then the year that he retires or gets injured the team suddenly makes up for his absence and wins something and people are asking if you've got any uh, examples of this theory from your own career in fairness no. we, we struggled with this one No I, I, I never believed that Chair. I think uh, you see you can be a star player uh, and the media can love you and the public can love you without being a team player and uh, it, it, like they can they can do all sorts of things and say oh he's a great player that lad you know the Hollywood uh, passes that kind of stuff all that you know and, and it, but you, you ask the fellow players they might say well no we don't think that much of him he's, he's a star player but he's not he's, he wouldn't be he might not be a great player whereas yeah. when he leaves the team then the whole team might benefit from it that can happen uh, because say, how can they do without your man you know he's the star player but the difference between being a star player and uh, an influential player. And only the players really understand that sometimes? Yeah. Players know you better. It's like, you know, when you say to somebody, yeah, if you really want to know me, come and live with me. But players are like that. If you really want to know players, play with them. 
players know players better than everybody else, anybody else. Because there's certain things in a match when you're up against it. One, you're, you're losing one nil at home in a match you should be winning. The crowd are really getting onto you, and uh, the fullbacks on the ball, and the midfield player. If he goes two yards this way, he gets the ball, and puts himself in trouble. He can go two yards that way and put himself out of trouble. The fullback is the only one that would know that. The crowd wouldn't know. They wouldn't notice it. But players know players better than anybody else. John, we've got to leave it there. Great stuff. Thanks, William. Thanks, Chair. Thanks for listening to this News Talk 106 to 108 podcast. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie.